We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2020 Week 7 Rankings Update, Injury Report, and DraftKings Ownership. I want to encourage everyone out there to smash the like button for the episode. And this is the Friday show where I do the question and answer period with the viewers out there. So if you're watching the video in the comment section on YouTube, leave your start sick questions or whatever questions that you may have. For week seven, I'll answer them in the comment section on Saturday evening once the Saturday injury report is finalized and I have all the information. If you're just looking for questions at a specific position, I highly suggest you hit the description of this video where you're going to find a bunch of shit, but you'll also find the updated rankings, which are up on DKPlaybook.com right now. They'll get updated again Saturday evening, then Sunday morning. I am live on Sunday morning with Brad Evans, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Hope to see you there. We're going to do a show for about a half an hour, and then we will take your questions and answers for a half hour. However, if you put your questions in the comment section of this video, I will answer them. There's no guarantee that we get to them on Sunday. We usually average around 1,000 to 1,500 questions. We can only answer about 500 to 600 of them. So if you want to guarantee your question gets answered, rankings, that's easy enough, or B, the comment section of this video. Again, remember to smash the like. Also in that description, you can find the link to the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open. More games on the main slate now. We'll get to that in a second. $15 to play, three max entry, no rake, best tournament on DraftKings. There's approximately 500 spots remaining. So I suggest that you go play in it right now. Other than that, check out the shows from the rest of the week. Remember to smash the like and share them around to everyone. All those downloads and clicks go a long way to helping, supporting this show, and keeping it free, as always. Plus, if you hit the description, you'll find the FTN free tools, air yards, red zone reports, target shares, opportunity, defensive lines, offensive line. Those tools are all free at ftndaily.com right now. I suggest you go check them out. If you want the premium tools, such as cornerback wide receiver index, the optimizer, projections, ownership projections, you got to use code Mayo. It's already discounted at 25%. Code Mayo will get you an additional discount on top of that. If you want to jump in and start taking betting and daily fantasy seriously, FTNDaily.com, code Mayo. Check it out. 
I mentioned the DraftKings slate has been adjusted a little bit, at least for this week. So what we're seeing is that the former Saturday evening game between Las Vegas and Tampa Bay has been moved to the 4 o'clock slate on Sunday and on to the main slate on DraftKings. My DK cheat sheet at DK Playbook com has been updated to reflect this, but the Arizona and Seattle game, which has now been flexed into Sunday Night Football, remains on the main slate. I actually love this because this is how DraftKings used to be. I mean, they're offering a showdown slate for that game as well, but now it's a part of the main slate. You have late swap options. Um, if you haven't looked at or watched or listened to the intro video we did for DraftKings strategy this year. I did it with Javi and Kyle from FTN Daily, two pro players, and we talk about the impact of the late swap. If you're way behind after the early set of games and you use the FTN ownership projections, you know where people are building their lineups. Uh, you might have to pivot off the good plays and go to the bad plays if you have any chance of recouping your money in this. Or if you're way up, you can switch on to chalkier plays knowing that the people behind you are using the same players. A lot of strategy to go into it again that's in the description if you want to go check it out use the time codes for that if you just want to check out the late swap section uh, i really like doing that show it taught me a lot it can teach you a lot as well let's jump into the injuries for week seven from the thursday night game deshaun jackson appears like he'll go back on injured reserve so travis fulgham fire him up again although alshon could return next week we'll see that with the little mini buy same as miles sanders not sure the extent of his knee injury yet on the short week he wasn't going to play boston scott paid off if you used him miles sanders could return for the eagles next game goddard and zach Ertz are probably going to be out another old Ertz is going to be out at least three to six weeks and Goddard yeah, probably two to four weeks still. So it's not looking great in Philly, despite coming back and getting that win. For the actual main slate this week in week seven from the early games, Joe Mixon has been ruled out for the Cincinnati Bengals. John Ross also not playing, which opens up Gio Bernard on DraftKings at $4,500. Also a guy on your waiver wire you can go pick up and start this week. In my rankings, I have him inside the top 12 at running back. That makes him a running back one this week. Uh, I don't know what they're actually going to do in terms of the backup. You have Samaj P. Ryan. You have Trevayon Williams. I don't know what the split is going to be like between those guys if they play at all. We've seen GOB very productive in games when Mixon has not played and where he is presumably the pass catching back. Although Mixon has been getting more of that role recently, that's been Gio's role on this team for the past three decades it feels like at this point so if they are trailing in this game which the spread would indicate that it would be then geo's not coming off the field he's just going to catch a bunch of passes so especially for cash games on DraftKings, 4500 just that's a free square go lock him in and figure out the rest of your team around it and it allows you to pay up for whoever you want at the very top and he's still available in over 60 percent of leagues like across all systems that may have changed since i started doing this video and people went and picked him up. But at the same time, if you are in desperate need of a running back, that's a running back one that could be available if your league is just not paying attention. On the other side of the ball in that game, Jarvis Landry expected to play with his rib injury. Austin Hooper has appendicitis. He is out for this game. That means Harrison Bryant and David Njoku will split snaps at tight end. Harrison Bryant had been playing just as much as Njoku since Njoku returned from his wrist injury two weeks ago. I don't really love either of these guys because, A, I can't pick between them, and B, do you really want that much of the Browns passing offense? I mean, it's a good matchup and everything, but when they are big favorites in games and they are actually rolling, it has less to do with the passing game and more to do with the rushing game, which leads us to Baker Mayfield. Looks like he's going to play and Kareem Hunt is in this week. One of the highest owned guys on DraftKings. We'll get to that in a minute, but 
we have seen them really spread around the wealth in the backfield if it's a game where they feel they can run the ball 75-ish percent of the time, which in games that they win, that's what they do. So if you are in desperate need of a Hail Mary player, just have no running backs to play, Dearness Johnson becomes somewhat live again. I mean, he's not someone you want to go out of your way to start. Don't use him on DraftKings. But at the same time, he could have 10-plus touches in this game if they get up by enough. Because it's not like Kareem Hunt is a beacon of health to begin with. He's coming in with a groin injury. They get up by enough. They might send him to the bench and be like, all right, that's enough, Kareem. You did your job today. You had a great game. We're going to hand it over to Dearness Johnson now or Hilliard or whoever it might be. Johnson would be the next man up. So that would be the route for a Hail Mary play if you are in desperate need because he is still like 95% available. Anyone who missed out on Geo, maybe you can go that direction as well. In the Titans-Steelers game, Corey Davis returning, Jonu Smith off the injury report, so sorry to everyone who picked up Ferkster this week, and A.J. Brown all going to play for the Titans. They're going to have a full complement of players on their offense for the first time in ages, so that's a boon for the Tennessee offense. Deontay Johnson appears like he'll be a go as well for the Steelers on the other side of the ball. That should diminish what Chase Claypool is up to in terms of snap share. It's really strange with Chase Claypool. They find different ways to get him involved, and obviously we We've seen his ceiling so far this season. He's a good play, but I do think that he has considerable downside in this game. The farther you throw downfield against the Titans, the better their defense actually gets. They're a top 10 defense on passes thrown 14 or more yards through the air. And the big reason I say 14, because that's the average depth of target of Chase Claypool, which is double any other receiver on the Steelers so far this season. And he's the highest price guy of the Steelers receivers on DraftKings, despite the fact that he is fifth in terms of target share when everyone is healthy. I just like Deontay Johnson a lot. Uh, and Chase Claypool was really opened up due to the absence and injuries of Deontay Johnson now that he's back. I'm very curious to see how that goes. I'm going to be tentative with Johnson in week one of returning. I think for me, if I was to rank, I mean, that's what I get paid to do, so I will rank them. Claypool, Johnson, Juju, if you're going to start Steelers this week at receiver and Johnson's probably the best DraftKings value of the bunch some people don't even know he's back so they're not even using him on DraftKings and he's super cheap so that's a way that you can look at that game if you do want to attack it Devin Bush out as we saw for the Steelers defense I don't really know how this is going to impact their defense if at all you'd think their best and most critical player on defense would make an impact he's calling all the plays out there so maybe that vaunted defense doesn't look quite as good as it once did maybe it's a higher scoring game than people think who knows i don't know uh, i hope it is because i have some guys in this game it's a sneaky stack game too uh if you don't think that the defense shuts everyone down titans defense is not great unless you like try to throw deep on them but they can be run all over and maybe without bush around we've seen that the defensive line for the steelers is very good at the point of contact they're very good at tackling they're very well coached in that regard however if you have players who can break tackles their second and third levels can't tackle whatsoever they give up some big plays both through the air and on the ground that's how these teams keep up with the Steelers because it's just like two yards of carry two yards of carry two yards of carry 80 yards and like that's the Derrick Henry special right there just grind 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 he's gone so don't be too scared of Derrick Henry this week he's still a top five option at running back I've just seen a lot of people be very pensive about Derrick Henry just play Derrick Henry every week that's the move. And if you're thinking to do otherwise, I don't know why you have him on your team anyway at that point. Here's one. The Saints game against the Panthers. Michael Thomas, out. Emmanuel Sanders, he's now on the COVID list. Benny Fowler, who would have 
probably seen some snap shares at receiver with those two guys out. He's also out too. That leaves Traquan Smith, who I've moved into my top 40 at receiver. I don't trust Traquan more than I can throw him. And I'm not a very strong guy. He's a big dude. I can't throw him very far. He could either have a huge game. He could have two catches for 14 yards. The trust factor with Traquan isn't there for me as of yet. Listen, if you have to play him, you have to play him. I get that. He has the most upside of all of these receivers. He's the de facto number one. Him and Jared Cook, actually Kamara with Thomas out, is the de facto number one receiver in this offense. But you just never know how Drew Brees is going to distribute the ball. Will it be Taysom Hill playing tight end half the time? I don't know. I don't know what Sean Payton's up to. But Marquez Calloway played 68% of snaps last week. I would expect him to be the wide receiver two on the Saints this week. Austin Carr is active. That's mainly from a special teams perspective. Then you have Deontay Harris, who should be active again for this game. Two games ago for the Saints against the Lions, he played 20% of receiving snaps. Both those guys are the min $3,000 on DraftKings. I don't really know what to make of them, but it does appear like Callaway is going to see considerable run in this game against a secondary that's like okay it's not as disastrous as everyone thought and when you look at the Carolina stats like you can really take advantage of them on the ground but if you just need an absolute punt out there to save salary at receiver because all of the really stackable games this week everyone's super fucking expensive so you gotta pick your poison somewhere uh Callaway could be someone that gets considerable run for the Saints in this game and you know Gunner's like five to seven targets. Can't guarantee it, but he should have the on-field opportunity to do so. On the other side of the ball, no Christian McCaffrey. Fire up some Mike Davis. Once again, Curtis Samuel appears like he is going to play this week, but almost like last week, could be a last second inactive. It's not like that you're playing Curtis Samuel anyway, but it just opens up more opportunity for Davis, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore. Maybe Ian Thomas as well. Saying it's not great against tight ends. Not a huge endorsement of Ian Thomas, but it would get him more involved if Samuel wasn't around. Bill's Jets game. Here's here's a fun one. No John Brown, so you can play Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis is good when John Brown's not there. Everyone's going to gravitate towards Cole Beasley. I like the big play opportunity from Gabriel Davis. I mean, you're going to have Isaiah McKenzie with his two reverses a game, which he gets every single week, but Davis has a propensity to get behind the defense, and the last time that Brown wasn't in, it just... was basically Josh Allen having eyes for Gabe Davis down the field. So everyone wants to play Diggs. I completely get that. He has, what, 28 targets the past two weeks. But Davis could breach, depending on how this game goes, in the 6-10 to 10 range. And they're high upside ones, too, because he gets a lot of red zone looks. So be very wary about um, you know people playing Gabe Davis against you. Good price on DraftKings. Widely available to go pick up if you need a receiver to fill in on all these receivers who are injured right now. Other side of the ball, Darnold appears to be back. Denzel Mimze, he'll likely be back. Jamison Crowder may or may not play. He's trending towards playing. But the Jets are openly talking about trading him, so playing an injured guy who would then get hurt and then not be able to trade not be able to be traded at that point. Sounds like very classic Jets, so expect that to happen. But at the same time, they may hold him out for precautionary reasons they can find a deal for him. The Packers are ones that are in a hot pursuit of a lot of players. Jamison Crowder would actually fit in quite well with them at this point. Uh, but if Crowder plays, you play him, he torches the Bills out of the slot. Rashad Perriman, removed from the injury list, practiced in full on Friday. He will play as well. First time all season that the bomb squad, Tim Andercast, talks about back in form for the New York 
York Jets against the Bills. Packers game, Aaron Jones had popped up with a calf injury, did not practice on Friday. He's a game-time decision. It appears like he will play. Unfortunately, this is in the early run of games, so you're going to know. Uh, I don't know what that's going to do to his DraftKings ownership. I have him still projected very highly right now. If he plays, you play him. If he doesn't play, especially with Tyler Irvin likely to sit out in this game too, you play Jamal Williams. A.J. Dillon may even get some run if all of a sudden Aaron Jones is a last-second inactive. Bob Bob Tunyon, as he is now wanting to be called, turns out his name is not Tanya at all. It's Robert Tunyon. Tons of Funyon is going to be active for this game. Decent play at tight end. A fringe top 10 option if you need it. On the other side of the ball at tight end, Jordan Akins did not practice all week. He's a game-time decision trending towards not playing, which means you can probably play Darren Fells once again, who gets all of the work when Jordan Akins sits. He's dealing with both a concussion and a high ankle sprain. Would not expect him to play this week. In the 4 o'clock set of games, that game that moved from Sunday evening is now at 4 p.m. Eastern time, Vegas-Tampa Bay. The entire... Las Vegas offensive line um, is trending towards playing. That's great news for Derek Carr and everyone on offense, especially against that defense from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which has looked so good over the past few weeks. But Trent Brown looks like he's not going to play, but the rest of them could end up playing. Keep an eye on this situation because this game just, if, if those guys can't play, this game might get canceled. I don't expect it to be canceled, but you just have to keep that in the back of your mind. It's already been moved once because of these precautionary reasons. NBC doesn't want to lose their Sunday night game, the highest rated television show on TV right now. You need to have a game in there and you can't have any game with the potential to be canceled in that spot. But this is now back on the main slate. I don't know what to make the Raiders offense based on these offensive line issues. I mean, you start Jacobs, it's a terrible matchup anyway, but who you realistically are you going? If you have three better options to play over Josh Jacob, God bless your team because it's pretty fucking good. Uh, most people do not have that sort of luxury, and you'll probably have to play Josh Jacobs either way. Brian Edwards, a no-go once again at receiver. Ruggs will be there in full. The secondary options aren't even great in this game. It's like Aguilar and Zay Jones, so it's basically Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs that you're playing. Maybe Ruggs if you are in a super deep league, but do not go out of your way to play him. Leonard Fournette appears like he shall return for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not sure what that does to the Ronald Jones snapshare. Jones has been excellent the past three weeks, although when you watch him, he doesn't look awesome, but he just keeps piling up numbers. But if Fournette is back, does that cut into his overall workload? I think that it does, to be perfectly honest with you. I wouldn't expect Ronald Jones to play 70% of the snaps. We might be back into a situation where it's like 50 to 60 for Jones, maybe less if he starts off poor. Maybe they just go to Fournette. If Fournette looks good, maybe I'll all of a sudden, he goes from his 30% up to 50%. Then LaShawn McCoy gets in the mix. And maybe Keyshawn John Vaughn ends up returning. And he gets like 10%. It's just not a great situation in the Tampa Bay backfield because you never know where the ball is going to go. When you have all of that utmost trust in Ronald Jones, that's when he gets you. He's still a running back, too, for the week because there are so few options. you got Ronald Jones. you probably got to play him. But I don't think that he is an elite option this week. Prove me wrong, Ronnie Jones. Prove me wrong. Chiefs and Broncos, Sammy Watkins. He's out of here. Le'Veon Bell appears like he's going to be in. Andy Reid says that he's picking up the playbook pretty well and that he could see a few snaps this week. On DraftKings, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire becomes... A pretty intriguing option because no one's going to use him because they expect Le'Veon Bell to cut into his workload, but it doesn't appear like that's going to be the case this week. There's also a like massive snow alert. Uh, alert, sorry, there could be a blizzard. Blizzard man coming out watching the game in Denver. Just pay attention to that as we get closer to game time. 
Generally, snow helps the offense, helps the running game. But if it's like piling up five inches on the field during the game, then all bets are off. We saw that Colts-Bills game from a few years ago where guys just couldn't move in the snow because there was too much snow to get rid of. Then that would severely impact all of the guys in this game. It doesn't appear like that's going to be the case right now. Like I said, pay attention to the forecast in that game and just see the amount that's going to be coming down. Because, I mean, most of the times, if you get like three inches of snow, you can clear that from the field, then it's no big fucking deal. But if you have six of the six inches on the field as they're playing, that becomes a bit more problematic when it comes down to it. Every time Sammy Watkins is out, I prefer Demarcus Robinson over Cole Hardman. Hardman's role never changes. He's either going to catch a big one or two and break the slate, or he's going to do absolutely nothing. It is Demarcus Robinson who's getting more run than him as an actual receiver in that Sammy Watkins role. So just pay attention to that. On the other side of the ball, KJ Hamler is going to return. It appears on the outside for the Denver Broncos, and Noah Fant will be playing as well in this game. I like Fanta this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Raheem Mostart has been placed on injured reserve along with Tevin Coleman, who should be back next game for the 49ers. And Jeff Wilson is dealing with a calf injury and he may or may not play. That leaves Jarek McKinnon and Jamichael Hasty to play against the New England Patriots in this Kyle Shanahan offense. Any running back can be good. We've seen that. And there's a lot of talk. If you look at George Kittle's over-under yardage prop this week, I believe it's 65 and a half. That sounds like an automatic over. But so many people are worried that this is Bill Belichick. He takes out your best option on offense. But then you have to ask yourself, what is the 49ers' best option on offense? Individually, yes, the answer is very clearly George Kittle. But when the Niners are running at their optimum offense, or optimal offense, sorry, the running game is impeccable, and it doesn't matter who's back there. So Belichick might sell out in order to stop the run in this game and kind of let the receivers do what they want. Plus, they may just not have the personnel at this point to actually cover George Kittle. He's a fucking nightmare matchup uh, just because he's a freak athlete. So I like the over of 65 and a half on George Kittle in that circumstance. But between Hasty and McKinnon, I go McKinnon. They might go with a hot hand play in this, which would just completely throw everything out of whack. That's why if you look at my rankings, I have McKinnon down, I believe, at number 19 in the rankings because I don't have that utmost trust in him that he sees the majority of the work in this. It could be, you know, it's a lot like the Tampa Bay situation where if he comes out and he's not doing well on the first two drives, just boom, Hasty's in the game. Hasty has like one 10-yard run. It's like, oh, we're rolling with Hasty the rest of the game. I don't envision that happening, but I do think that it's in the range of outcomes. It's on the table as something that could happen. So just pay attention to that. On the other side, Julian Edelman is questionable to play. He's probably going to play. You probably don't want to play Julian Edelman. Justin Jackson appears like he's a go, as is Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for the Los Angeles Chargers, all guys that you could potentially play. I mean, you, you want to play Keenan Allen for sure. You probably want to play Mike Williams and Jackson. I have Kelly ranked over him. Actually, I have Jackson above Kelly right now. Uh, I want to see the Saturday injury report just to make sure that he's okay. I mean, obviously, if Jackson sits, smash bot for Josh Kelly with no Eckler around, no Jackson around, he'd get like 85% of the snaps. You can say terrible run defense. But like we saw before the Chargers went on by, that Jackson was being trusted as the lead back, as the Eckler type back to Josh Kelly, whose role did not change at all. So currently, I have Jackson ranked above Kelly. Both are capable starters in this matchup with the Chargers being big favorites in this game. But at the same time, 
He's just one hit away from re-aggravating this injury, almost like the Aaron Jones situation where I bumped him down in the rankings a little bit. Uh, I have Aaron Jones, I believe, at number six at running back right now, only because you have the factor of if they get up by a bunch, he probably sits. Uh, maybe he's not 100% and just doesn't look as good even against the worst run defense in the league, or the fact that he could re-aggravate this injury and just end up sitting out. Like the, Those are things to hold against him to separate him from the rest of the really elite options on this slate. That's more of a DraftKings thing, because you have him in your season long, you're going to play him. On the other side, out of the ball for the Jags DJ Chark he's good to go Tyler Eifert is out for week seven which means my guy the Irish assassin James O'Shaughnessy gonna get some run probably don't need to play James O'Shaughnessy but I just like when he catches touchdowns because he does three times a year in the Sunday evening game DeAndre Hopkins has been limited all week it does appear like he is going to play and on the other side of the ball, Carlos Hyde has been taken off the injury report with his shoulder injury sustained before the bye week. He will be back as the complement to Chris Carson in this matchup. Monday night, three Rams went on the injury report Friday, but Saturday practice is really the important one for the Monday night game. Daryl Henderson in his quad, Tyler Higby, and Robert Woods. Bob Woods popping up on the injury report, so check back on Saturday in my rankings or in the Sunday morning show at 10 a.m. Eastern time as we go through the injuries. I would expect all these guys to play, but if they don't practice on Saturday, then you should have a bit of worry about what you're going to do with these guys. So if Cam Akers was dropped or Malcolm Brown was dropped, you might want to tentatively pick up these players in case Henderson ends up sitting there. Not that you especially want to play them against Chicago, but again, in a week with four teams on by and so many injuries, you might have to turn to other options, and that is one way to get around it if Henderson doesn't end up going. I would expect all three of these guys to play, just like Gerald Everett would become a startable tight end if Higby were to be out. You just probably are not going to have this information by the time you actually need to make lineup decisions come Sunday because this game is on Monday night. DraftKings ownership for week seven at running back. Now that we have Joe Mixon off of the slate because he is out this week. The $4,500 Gio Bernard is going to be over 25% owned. You probably just play him anyway. Uh, It's a really good spot. It's a really good matchup. And there is really no one Someone will take away carries and snaps from him. That's going to happen. But are they going to take away 40%? Probably not. Are they going to take away 20%? That's even iffy. Like, Gio could play 85% of the snaps. He's $4,500. Just mark him in. Uh, But he's not the highest-owned guy. Kamara is going to be the highest-owned running back, especially with Michael Thomas out. That is Kamara smash city against the Carolina Panthers, who stop no one on the ground and don't stop anyone out of the backfield catching passes either. Perfect spot for Elvin Kamara. Kareem Hunt is also very high up on that list in terms of ownership, as is Aaron Jones at the moment, but we'll see how this injury actually affects his ownership. Just everyone is piling onto this game. The good part about Geo opening up is that if you like any of the cheaper running backs on this slate, I really like David Johnson at $5,300. That's who I'm going to be playing, is that all those guys are now being bypassed. The like forty-eight to $5,500 running back, no one's going there because they're just going to save the money and drop down to Geo. That's not to say don't play Geo, but those other options are now somewhat contrarian, low-owned, and very good in large field tournaments if you think they can go off. David Johnson, I think that he's going to go off against the Packers. I don't think that David Johnson is good, but this is a ripe opportunity. The Packers give up the second highest touchdown rate to running backs on rushing attempts this season, and we've seen David Johnson's workload go up and up and up and and up each of the past four weeks. At receiver, my guy, Scorin McLaurin, projects to be the highest owned receiver this week. Still love him. Don't care. Devontae Adams, number two. Keenan Allen, number three. And DK Metcalf over Tower Lockett in this game. Makes sense. 
And though Arizona has been very good at covering deep passes so far this season, that doesn't mean he can't go 10 for 133 and three touchdowns. That's what DK Metcalf does. But the big plays have been limited by the Cardinals so far this season. Just interesting to see. And that would lead me to think it's more of a Lockett game than a Metcalf game, although both are likely top 10 options at receiver this week. At tight end, it's three guys. It's Travis Kelsey, it's Hunter Henry, and it's Robert Dunyon. Uh, you can pivot off those guys if you want. I like Noah Fant. I like Darren Fells. I liked Austin Hooper before he was out. Uh, but at the same time, you can also get Logan Thomas at like 5% owned in that game against Dallas. To play people against Dallas tends to work out, and he would be a nice leverage spot play if you didn't want to use McLaurin. You can use a guy who's half his price who could get some touchdowns in this game at quarterback it depends on which stack you're going for and this leads me to believe that the three most owned team stacks this week kyler murray deshaun watson and matt stafford you can leverage the field by just going the opposite way in those games if you really wanted to justin herbert for reference i currently have projected at number four but instead of using kyler you use russ instead of using deshaun watson you use aaron Rodgers. instead of using matt stafford you use matt ryan that's just a very easy way to still get exposure to the games that you want and you get away from some of that ownership not to say that those guys are going to be lowly owned but these guys are like 15 percent or higher and everyone else is 10 percent or lower so you get them at half the ownership do they have twice the chance to outscore the pivot options on the other side? I would say no, they don't. So that's a way that you can actually attack this slate in all the concentration going around the same games. Defense, Browns, Titans, Washington. I actually thought Washington would be higher owned, but for whatever reason, people just think Washington sucks. I mean, they might not be wrong, but also Dallas sucks. And if there's one spot that Washington is good, it's the front seven, and they can attack the quarterback. Dallas's offensive line, not good right now. So sack city, turnover city, we could see it. It's, I mean, by the spread, it's projected to be a very close game. So I like the Washington football's defense at $2,500. If you need to save all of the money in the world, the Jets at $2,000 at home against the Bills is not the craziest idea in the world. The Bills might put up 40 points, but Josh Allen's probably good for two turnovers. He always seems to be. So even if you can get eight points out of your defense there, maybe you'll fluke into a touchdown. Who knows? Josh, Josh Allen might lateral it behind himself for 30 yards and just you know throw it through the end zone or something stupid like that. He's prone to these stupid plays that if you just want all the savings because you want to pay up this week at almost every position, that's a place where you can save some salary. Obviously, Washington is the preferred play at 2500 but 500 bucks could be a lot on the slate you go down to the jets they're my favorite of all of the cheaper options that will do it on the pat mayo experience week seven injury report playing the pat mayo experience listeners league get those ftn tools if you want the sub and you want a discount use code mayo to do that you can find that in the description of this video along with all the free tools at ftndaily.com which i highly suggest that you go check out right now remember to smash the like leave your question in the comment section i'll answer them saturday evening as it goes along i might even get to a few earlier than that too if you're some of the first few people in live sunday morning at 10 a.m eastern time with brad evans on mayo media network please subscribe to mayo media network and consume all of the content that's out there too plus there's a ufc fight on Sunday, we have two UFC shows up right now. The Quick Picks with Brett Apley and the flagship MMA podcast, the Dogger Pass podcast with Cody Saftik and Paul Shaughnessy. It's a card where there's a lot of money on the go and it's happening on Saturday afternoon. Highly suggest you check out the show because it rules for one thing and a decent way to go make money. The most profitable show of any of them on Mayo Media Network, the Dogger Pass podcast. All right, I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you on Sunday morning. Good luck in week seven. See you next time. Experience! Experience!